Welcome back. This is the AL West, NL West preview. Actually, and credit to me, actually not credit to me, kind of roast me for not doing the Central. I mean, I have we have Randy Dobnak hopping on after this. He's the next interview. And just clown boy Johnny just didn't think about this. We should have did the Central preview that to get the Twins fans what they're wanting. We didn't do it, but we're here as always with Ben Porter. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me back. I was wondering last time you said, you know, we'll do the West next week. I was like, huh. Just going to skip over the central. Yeah. Right to the it west. It was a clown move. <laughs> it's a clown move. I, we like to do it different here, but it's, it was a clown move on me. I should have thought saw, thought central. It would have been, been predictable. So It would have yeah. been predictable. We switch it up, though. We switch it up for the people. But, I mean, and before we get into it, we're talking about the AOS, like I said. Have you seen Mike Trout's new beard? It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, but I can imagine what it looks like. Tough. It's a tough look. It's honestly like I was looking at it and I tweeted that he's like, I'm contemplating taking him out of my goat discussion. Like this beard is horrific. It's like a zero grade. It's it's a tough look. And I love Mike Trout, but man, I you're not Bryce Harper. All right. Bryce Harper is the guy with the beautiful beard, beautiful hair. And Bryce Harper, by the way, you see his first A.B. in the spring. Holy shit. Oppo bump. He's the guys are free. It's it's like every time he. Every time it's the first game of the season, whether it's spring training or opening day, he's always going yard. It feels like it's yeah, every year. It's insane. I, I, honestly, people hate him, but I, I love I love Bryce Harper, man. I mean, everyone hates him for all like the antics and all like a lot of people say he's overrated, which can be warranted at sometimes. He does strike out a lot and he doesn't put up the average that people are looking for, but he's a dog. Like he's a freak. His swing is insane. His on base percentage is always so high, though, like way higher than he gets credit for everyone says he's overrated which i think has made him underrated yeah it's yeah. yeah, you're right you're right he and he's the only guy that i think that's like a superstar worthy in the game of baseball besides tatis that you can market like you can market bryce harper because he's like active on social media he's like the guy you love to hate he's hitting home runs uh, in uh, against the nationals and just the, the stadiums are like booing him to like it's crazy i love i love i love bryce harper i really do i there was a time where i didn't like him at one point but i, I kind of grown to love him just based off the fact that he has that like fuck you mentality where he doesn't give a shit yeah it, he's uh he's lost a little bit of that over the years i'd say like since the you know when he was a teenager with the clown question and like all that stuff it was awesome the guy yeah. was a the guy was a content machine and he's he's kind of calmed down a little bit he's a father now um <laughs> but no he he's um, awesome man he brings the fire every time I, I agree with you though he's one of the most recognizable if not the most recognizable face in the game and like that's that's huge it's yeah 100 percent. and uh, that question by the way was a clown question like that question <laughs> was in toronto i specifically remember yeah. it because i think i went to the game and I remember, like, Twitter was exploding because of a stupid reporter. I'm hoping it's Steve Simmons because he's a clown. But um, I- I'm what happened was he asked him, he's like, because you're 19, are you going to go out for beers after the game because you're legal here? Like, why would you even ask that? It's, like, it- it's a funny question, I guess. Like, it's like a podcast thing, but you don't ask that post-game. I- like, it's just a terrible question. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know the game situation. Do you know if they won or lost or I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming they won. It was probably it was against the Jays when they weren't buzzing. But yeah, it's just a dumb question. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and nobody it, it, to, to Bryce's credit, we haven't heard that kind of question since. Juan Soto hasn't gotten it. Um Tatis yeah. didn't get it, you know. So credit to Bryce Harper yeah. for for laying down the law there. 
he is laying on loss. So let's go into the division here. We're going into the West, obviously switching up. Another clown thing by me. But let, let's start it off with the Seattle Mariners, who, in my opinion, and everyone kind of writes them off, you want to talk about a team with prospects. I mean, Julio Rodriguez is a freak. And you have um, Jared Kalanick, or I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. That's another guy where you're looking at him and you're like, oh, my God. Like, they have so many guys that can come up and just legitimately just dominate the major leagues that I'm going to kind of consider this team as one of the sleepers in baseball, man. I think they're really good. Yeah, Kyle Kyle Lewis, um, yeah. rookie of the year. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do any damage this year per se, but they're definitely a fun team to watch, and they're young, like you said. Um, and, yeah, they could definitely outperform where, where people think they could. They're one of those, like, you know, 50 to 1 to win the division type teams, but, you know, they could – they're probably, like, the worst team that could make the playoffs. Hundred <laughs> percent, and, and you got to think about the additions. Like they got hundred miles Giles from the Blue Jays, breaks my heart, but they got him. That's a guy that uh, adds to your bullpen. Our guy Taylor Guerrero, who's a very underrated name, not to be biased, but is a little bit biased. They got Middleton, who actually got shelled today, like terrible. One one inning, five runs, not great. And James Paxton. So a little bit of underrated signings, man. But I'm really impressed with this team so far this spring. I don't know about you. Yeah, and Marco Gonzalez is a great pitcher too. Uh, they and uh, who is it? Dunn, Justin Dunn. Um, yeah, yeah, they have good pieces, man, and and young, like you said, and, and promising outlook for the future. So they're like, I don't want to compare them to your Blue Jays just yet, but they have like <laughs> that kind of exciting, you know, young roster that could that could materialize to be some something, something special. A hundred percent. And people forget they have like they have Seager. Like they have Seeger yeah. and they have Taylor Trammell, who's hitting 364 so far this spring. They just have like a lot of guys, like gritty guys, that are going to get the job done for you. And I'm very impressed with with that whole roster. Like it's obviously they had that owner talking shit about them, kind of made them a laughing stock. But I think they're a very underrated team. I really do. I don't I don't know if I'm wrong on that. I might get roasted by this by the end of the year. But they're a team I take a chance on to win the division. Just put a little like a one unit, half a unit on it. Yeah, and. If there's any division that they could be able to win, aside from maybe the NL Central, it would be this one. Yeah. Like this division is not great. Terrible. Like you have the Astros and the A's, which you know we'll talk about um, at the top. But there's no like real supreme team in this uh, in this division. So I, I don't hate that as a sleeper pick at all. For sure. And you can go into the next team, a team that obviously pretty much said fuck you to the haters last year is the Houston Astros. Another impressive team last year. They were the laughing stock based off of the cheating scandal. Everyone hated them. And they kind of used that with the chip on their shoulder. They put their balls on the table. You had guys like Bregman who was mashing in the playoffs. You had Correa who was a freak in the playoffs and you go, and people like you, you people forget they have Justin Verlander and Zach Ranky on the bump. And they just got Jake Odorizzi. Like, it's they're going to be a wagon again. They're going to be a good team. Like, I hate to say it, but they're going to be a good team this year. Yeah, they they are <laughs> straight up. Um, obviously losing losing Springer, but they've got obviously a ton of talent. Altuve had a horrible year in 2020, which you know 2020 yeah. we can throw out the window. It doesn't really doesn't really count. But like have yeah. to figure he'll have a bounce back year and they're they're dangerous i don't even i don't even hate them everyone hates them for the scandal uh you know i think that's all that, that's me too honestly that's me too like 
obviously it, it's crazy that it happened. Like I still can't even wrap my head around the fact that like that happened in a professional North American sport, because you hear these stories about like in European, in Europe and everywhere else where they have the soccer games that are kind of fixed and there's like just openly cheating in it. But it's mind boggling to me that this happened in a North American sport on like the biggest, like literally the biggest stage, like the world series, the playoffs, and no one kind of clued in, even though some guys said some things it's, I don't hate them for it. I really don't hate them for it. At the end of the day, they got, they're going to get their punishment. They're going to get insanely amount of booze this year. It's going to be, Oh, you're, you, you hate to see it. The shit that's going to go on. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was interesting last year because since COVID they, they couldn't like brawl with anyone that they yeah. had like the one opportunity with the, uh, you know, Joe Kelly made that face at uh Correa and he threw behind Bregman and, but Aside from that, they weren't getting thrown at because, you know, they're not allowed to brawl. So it'll be interesting if teams take their shot this year and kind of, you know, try to get some action going there. But uh, I don't know. I think a lot of teams are past it. But now that there's fans in the stands, they're going to get booed, like you said. Oh, like crazy. And I don't know if that actually helps it, like not allowing them to brawl or just even allow them to throw to guys because obviously it's warranted at some point. And if you're connecting it, like I said last week, the hockey's a baseball podcast. That's how you police it in the game. You don't suspend guys, but let's just say Correa wears one in the back or Bregman wears one in the back or whatever. That kind of polices it for you instead of them getting suspended and all that kind of stuff. Or you just saying, saying to guys, don't hit them because don't hit it. Saying like to Joe Kelly, don't hit them or you're going to get suspended or don't do that. That makes the guys hate them more. Like uh, if someone tells me not to fight a guy that I hate, I'm going to look like a clown because obviously I want to do it. And I'm going to get more mad. So it doesn't make sense to me that Rob Manfred is doing that in, in that aspect. I could be wrong. On that. I just think it's so stupid that you tell them don't throw at guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think the league should be promoting it, but I, I think yeah. they should be, they should give warnings to teams like outside of the public I like they should say, listen, you're playing the Astros. You can't do too much. Um, I do think that the league should be using it as a marketing technique. hundred yeah. percent. Hey, what's going to happen when the Astros play the Dodgers? There's bad blood between these teams for good reason. Like, and they won't do it. Never. They oh, do absolutely. That, no. They don't they want do to promote any sort of possibility of a conflict. Yeah. And what I can remember the first time, like an American incident happened that was trending in Canada was my boy, Amir Garrett going to fight the whole Pittsburgh Pirates dugout. That's the only time I can honestly think. And I guess the Kevin cash pulling Blake Snell, when I looked on Twitter and I saw a baseball thing at the top of the trending page, that wasn't the blue Jays. That's the only time I've ever saw that. And if you want to grow the game, man, you kind of got to just either hype it up, and if nothing happens, nothing nothing happens. But that's how you get eyes on it, because I guarantee you some random, if they hear that, like, the Astros are playing the Dodgers and there's bad blood, they're going to tune in whether, they, like, whether they're paying attention to it or not. They're still going to tune in and even catch the game. A hundred percent. I mean, they have to be – I always cite Vince McMahon, but they got to be Vince McMahon and be like, listen, these, these, these guys might kill each other tonight. You know, yeah. they could do it with <laughs> so many different – they could do it with Max Muncy and – um uh, Madison Bumgarner they can do it with so many different people that they just they just don't do so the, the Astros are a walking content machine um 100% and we'll see if they do anything but they won't and you know I feel like Correa will be the one who gets hit the most because he was the most uh outspoken about the whole thing 
he's gonna get he's gonna get hit, and the fans are gonna gonna say some ruthless shit. You want to grow the game of baseball? Here's an idea. Why don't you just mic up Carlos Correa? Like you just hear it firsthand the shit he's hearing from the crowd. It would be electric. I would pay. I would pay monthly to just hear every game what people are saying to Carlos Correa. That's how you grow the game. That'd be awesome. You, we we never get an uncensored like mic'd up moments. Never. That would be awesome. And you do in hockey, like hockey, they'll bleep it out. But in baseball, when they're mic'd up, they legit cut it to so like a schoolboy can yeah, listen to yeah. it. It's just like I want to hear Bryce Harper telling the Nationals fans to go fuck themselves, or Bryce Harper telling like his teammate when he's in the dugout, like I fucking hate these guys, like I hate this fan, these fans. Like that's that's the shit that I want to hear, and majority of the people want to hear that they're baseball fans, man. Like give it to <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it's it's always like they're in batting practice before the game. It's like hey. Trouty, what's what's your favorite color, dude? And then they'll yeah, then they'll dude, post no that. Then they'll shit. post that on. Yeah, this is whoever's listening to this. MLB people, social people. You know, this is free advice here. This is from people who love the game. This is what people want to see. So these are this is yeah. free. And honestly, you tweeted this earlier. This is going off the rails, but I think college baseball is more electric than baseball could ever be. Like college baseball, you have guys legit with hammers when they hit a nuke, like just hammering the ground, the whole team's falling over. I can't get enough of the college baseball. It is a light years ahead of the game of major league baseball, which you think would have a better understanding how to market. It's insane to me how unreal some of the antics that go on in college baseball. We can probably do, maybe, maybe we will. We could do a whole episode on college baseball as the tournament gets going. I love it. I might get, I'm going to try to get Wes Clark on the show, South Carolina. Uh, I might, we might have to do a two way interview. Oh, Wes Clark. Not okay. Yeah. Not the not the the weirdo from Old Miss, the psychopath. <laughs> no, okay, no. good. I are we honestly either one. Like I, I just need a guy that a college baseball player that's taken the ship by storm, and he's Wes Clark, the guy from South Carolina. I mean, you oh, want to talk about a guy that just hits? His yeah. Nukes? I tweeted. Oh, I tweeted his stat line the other day. He's bat, it's OPS it's, was like two thousand OPS plus. It's yeah. it, it's legit idiotic. Yeah. It's it's insane. And that, that's how you grow the game, man. You have guys like Wes Clark who are bat flipping to the moon, hitting <laughs> balls 4,000 feet into orbit, and then the dugout's going bananas or just staring back the pitcher. And then you have the two-lane incident where the guy has allegedly has pine tar on his glove. He looks in the dugout and waves. Like, that needs to happen yes. in baseball. I need those antics in Major League Baseball. Yes. and they need to promote it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go on to the next team, the Oakland A's. Obviously, one of the I, – I don't get an opportunity to watch them that much. I'm assuming you don't either because they're on West Coast very, very late. When, when the games are on like 10 o'clock, but another team that's like another sleeper team. They lost Chris Davis though. That's a big, that's a big subtraction. That's a lot of home runs to make up for. So I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not thinking they're going to do that much this year, but they got a really, really good bullpen. They got petite. They picked up Rosenthal. They got Sergio Romy, Romo. Sorry. So not a, not a bad team. Elvis Andrus. So I, I'm not sure what I, what I see with this team, but I, I it's the Astros division to lose in my opinion. Yeah, the, the A's kind of remind me of the Rays in that like, the roster's not sexy, but they're no. always good. Like, obviously, Chapman's Chapman's a star. I think he's overrated as third baseman, but he's a star. Um, they got Olsen. They have Piscotti and uh, Mark Canna. But, like, those guys are not mainstream names, but they always, you know, pull together a lineup that, that, that wins a lot of games. So I think the win totals – for the Astros and the A's are like right in line with each other, 86 and 87. Really? Um, wow. So it's, it's definitely going to be close. Um, and I don't even really know who I like in that division, but at the top of the division, but 
yeah, they're, they're always sneaky good. And I think that will continue. Yeah. They're one of those teams where you can't like just put in the discussion for division winners, for guys that are going to go to the ALCS just somehow like last year, you got to think, man, I mean, the Houston Astros beat them, but they were competing with the Houston Astros in that. I believe it was a wild card series. If I'm correct, it was the wild card series. But they're always that team where you're just like looking at the playoff bracket, like, oh, the A's made it again. Like, I, I, I think they're a good team. They're obviously well rounded. I don't know the money ball thing, whatever they're doing, but that subtraction of Chris Davis, man, I think is going to be substantial because it's that's a lot of home runs to make up for. Yeah, uh, he he's a freak. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna fill that. I, I'm sure they'll fill it somehow, though. I mean, um, yeah. and their pitching, their pitching staff is always kind of under the radar good too. Like Jesus Lazardo looks promising and Shamanaya yeah. is like a good crafty lefty kind of guy. And um, they kind of have that. St- they still have Mike fires who people hate. Yeah. They have, Mike yeah, fires. So that, you know, he's whatever serviceable the six, nine, the six, nine of baseball, the six, nine of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the Astros like legitimately hate that dude for snitching? Or do you like, let's just say Bregman sees him in person and there's no phones around. You think Bregman's running a fade on site? on fires i think he does i think he hates him. yeah i i think i think they probably hate him too i mean there's no reason that they shouldn't he unless unless he was like that in their clubhouse and they were like you know fuck this guy from the beginning this guy's gonna yeah um yeah. but if he did that they'd be like yo what the hell is going it'd be like a jersey shore type yo what are you talking shit behind <laughs> our back like disrespecting <laughs> yeah. us yeah. yeah um so no they don't like him yeah no i just um and this is my thing with that guy. Like, yes, he whistle blew, like was whistleblowing and all that kind of stuff. You, if he truly, truly cared about them cheating in that World Series and winning that World Series and him getting a ring, give your ring back, bro. Like, if like obviously this is like to an extreme, but if you think if you obviously were winning or, and, and like accepting the fruits of the labor of them cheating, then give your ring back if you cared that much to whistleblow. Am I wrong? I just think it's an idiotic thing, and this is obviously a while ago this happened. But it just, it just honestly aggravates me to this day seeing a guy that like uh, reward got got rewards from the benefits of them cheating. He still has that ring. He's still considered a World Series champ. He's still all that stuff. So he just whistle blew for him benefit to be looked upon as the good guy in baseball. I, it just it for whenever it came out. So I don't know. It's just that 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 that's that's, that's what aggravates. Me. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I, I, you said it perfectly at the beginning. He's the six nine of of baseball. So <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, and then the next team we'll go into is allowing a hundred percent attendance this yeah. year, just out of nowhere. I couldn't believe it. I read it. I was like, am I just seeing shit? But you got to think it's Texas, and we have a lot of listeners from Texas. I think Texas actually makes up. 30 40 percent of the listeners on this podcast which is crazy i love to shout out texas but it's insane to me like i don't even have fucking baseball here in toronto i can't even go to a fucking jays game with let alone 25 percent capacity these guys just have full capacity it's incredible and you got to think that's going to add a factor to their to their win total and stuff like that just having that element of having more fans than the other teams yeah everyone knows that uh covid doesn't you know it goes to sleep on home openers so 100 um <laughs> it's just just a ridiculous i don't listen you said a lot of the listeners are from texas this is your podcast we don't need to slander anybody's good name but no, it's, um, <laughs> it's crazy it's it's crazy i i can honestly look back and say like it's bananas to me because i think their numbers are up but but the thing about texas is 
And the U.S., which I got to applaud you guys, man, you guys are vaccinating the fuck out of people. Like, you guys are buzzing, and we're last. Like, Canada's last in the world, I think, in vaccinations because we don't have, like, a a factory or a warehouse here that actually makes them, and you guys do, and you guys aren't distributing it unless everyone's vaccinated. So that, you got to think, like, a lot of people are going to be vaccinated by opening day. So it you it. It, it, it makes sense a little bit. Uh, it doesn't make sense though, because it's just opening. It's just opening day though. Like either do it, yeah. either do it the whole season and say, listen, we're just going, we're just going all out hundred percent attendance. Are you sure they're not doing it the whole it's, season? It's hundred percent attendance on the home opener. And then after that, they're doing social distance pods. What the fuck? Yeah. So, okay. Either, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. That doesn't make <laughs> yeah, any so sense. Either, <laughs> either buy in and say, this is, you know, <laughs> what happens happens or, or you don't say we're going to take precautions, but the, okay. I didn't know that. Bag, I had no idea about that. Insane. That's kind of like the rules that they had around here where you're not allowed to be out past 11. Like COVID just stops after, like, <laughs> yeah. before 11 COVID's cool. But after it, like that's when it comes out to play. That's, I did not realize that that's, insane to me that that's an actual rule okay so now i gotta i, I gotta like relay what my th- training what my thought process was on that because that's bananas to me but yeah they got a couple good i mean they got the line of the shields not really they got brock holt not really chris many davis. additions chris davis and they were a sorry team last year man they were not good like at all they were tough to watch you could just make a living betting off the texas rangers last year betting against them because they were bad dude like it was tough some some of the games were like very bad to watch and they lost Corey kluber this year who looks really good they lost their ace and lance lynn elvis andrus is gone shinsu chu is gone that's a lot of names there that like was in the lineup so i don't know i they're gonna be terrible this year sam huff's my guy the catcher friend of the program but I think they're going to be a very sorry team this year, like especially in that in that division with Astros, all these guys. So I don't think they're going to be good. Yeah, this is uh, this is last place team in the division. But I will say, um, Joey Gallo hits bombs. Oh my god! Nomar Mazzara hit a ball like is he was still with the team? He hit like eight hundred a ball eight hundred feet last year. I, I feel like he's not even <laughs> on the team anymore. No, I think he is. He's not on the he's not on the subtractions. So I'm I'm assuming he's still on the team. Uh, um, no, no you, he's with the Tigers. Sorry. Oh, he's the Tigers. Um, okay, but, but who, uh, who's yeah, the right. who's the uh, the guy who looks like the mountain from from Game of Thrones who plays first base? He can go into splits really well. Uh, Ronald Guzman. A picture. Guzman, a picture okay. of him went viral the other day because he looks like a, a mammoth of a human being. He just <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Um, so that could be that could be fun. He's a uh, yeah, that's all I got. I'm, I'm really scraping for things to be positive about with the Rangers here. Well, you got to think Rangers fans. One, you can attend the games, uh, I guess, opening day. And you have fucking Joey Gallo, who's legitimately a freak of nature. This dude has four nukes so far in the spring. <laughs> it's ins- and, and he's barely even playing. He's barely even playing, and he has four nukes. And they're just not like wall scrapers. These are balls that haven't landed yet, like they're on Mars. So he's a guy to just if you like if you don't want if you don't like the team, just watch Joey Gallo. Just record every time he has an app. And I'm telling you, look up, look up. If you're listening to this, look up Ronald Guzman splits because he, <laughs> the guy goes. I tear my groin just watching, just looking at the pictures of this dude playing first base. It's incredible. So that's a positive, yeah. real positive there. A couple of things. Like I said, we're a positive pod, but 
this team is looking very sorry. I can't, and obviously I'm a baseball guy. I can't even name you three of their starting pitchers. This that might be a bad thing. I don't think I can name you. Can you? No. <laughs> I seriously can't. No. I, I I legitimately can't. I, I and on majority of the teams, you definitely can. The Astros, Athletics, uh, Rangers, all the like Rangers, you can't. And let's go into the next team. The next team. I mean, there's not really much to say about this team. You want to talk about a, a franchise that has dropped the ball with the greatest player that's ever walked this planet besides that coward Babe Ruth, who's not real in my <laughs> opinion. But it's insane to me that the Los Angeles Angels has dropped the ball this substantially. Mike Trout has one career hit in the playoffs. It's a home run. And they've had, I believe, I don't know if I'm right on the stat, they've had four winning seasons in his whole career. Or it might be less than that. I don't know how much it is, but I know he has one one playoff appearance. I I don't know what 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 the fuck this like these owners are doing. I mean, you got Otani, great, he's a great pitcher, great hitter, but that's not going to make you to the like make you go to the playoffs. It's it, this team is I don't know, man. I I I they have the best player ever. Yeah, I mean, we could we could debate that for for hours. Um, not that I, not that I necessarily disagree, but um, I, I honor the, uh, I honor the real old school Barry guys. Bonds. Oh, Barry Bonds, Barry Ted Bonds. Williams. Um, yeah, you know, there's plenty of guys you can make the case for. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah, you're totally right. They've, they've squandered. I mean, getting Rendon was a good move because that's dangerous. But what are you doing? I mean, the Pujols contract is just hamstringing them. Oh, um, they, their lineup like would be really good. Like eight, 10 years ago with like Upton and Pujols and I don't even, yeah, I mean, wagon. yeah, but it's just not doing it. And and the fact that they weren't front runners for Trevor Bauer, this, this off season was what are they ridiculous. Doing? Like that's the piece that they've needed for so long is like a dominant starter that yeah. Otani might be able to do that. They got like some mid tier level guys where they will be kind of stable, but they don't have a guy who's, gonna compete for the Cy Young and that's something that they've needed for a long time so again dropping the ball dropping the ball like a substantial amount I mean the the best pitcher they got this offseason was Jose Quintana like that that's their ace they got this offseason and he's a good pitcher don't get me wrong it's just that's like that's what we're working with is Jose Quintana I mean they had Trevor Bauer wanted to play in LA like he wanted to be close to home. I don't know how far Anaheim is from where he is, but at least you don't even offer the dude. I don't even think they offered him. He wasn't even in there. He like they weren't even in his top five. It looks like when he did the lids thing or whatever he was doing the weird promotions. But how do you not offer the dude? Like how do you not show your fans? Like listen, man, we're trying to get pitching. Yeah, if if this was the NBA, Trout would have demanded a trade so long ago. Like. <laughs> I mean, you think, think yeah. James Harden is sitting sitting in center field at, in Los Angeles at this no. point? No way. No. No way. No. Um, so he, he deserves better. Um, they, they're just going to be a, a middle-of-the-road team again for the, however, the nth year again. So, yeah. It Frustrating. Sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And we just talked about this guy signed with the Astros, Jake Odorizzi. How do you not even just offer this dude? This dude is a, f- a very good pitcher, top of the rotation kind of guy. And if I'm an Angels fan, I'm looking at this offseason with all the pitchers that were available, and I'm saying, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yes, they got Dexter Fowler, another good outfielder, a guy to add to your lineup, and John Jay they got as well. But 
it's just like if I, if I'm a fan of this team, I'm I'm scratching my head thinking, yes, we have a good lineup. We got Rendon, we got Otani, we got Trout, we got Dexter Fowler, we got all these guys. But what's the pitching rotation going to do? Like we're, we can't put up 15 runs a game. No, no, they can't. You're absolutely right. It's yeah. I don't have, I don't have much to add to it, yeah. man. That's you hit it's the nail crazy. on the head, but uh, Mike Trout, by the way, should have, they should do a weather show with Mike Trout. Cause he loves weather. MLB should get him a yeah. green screen. Let him do a daily weather report, you know, grow, grow the, the game. game, grow the brand. Um, Mike Trout's a weird cat though. Oh yeah. I, 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 but people, people listen to Mike Trout, like of the active players in the league right now, Trout has either the first or second most Twitter followers with, um, with you, Darvish, and all he does is occasionally tweet like "Go Birds" when the Eagles play. So, and it gets like a million yeah, retweets. Yeah. Like it, it just it blows the it blows the internet up. When Mike Trout tweets, it's like the ocean's getting parted. Yeah. Like every everyone's paying attention to it. Everyone's dialed in because Mike Trout, the god in Major League <laughs> Baseball right now, is tweeting. It's insane. It's insane. I, I his tweets get a so many so much so many impressions that it's mind boggling, and they're just nothing. They're they're nothing tweets. I mean, Bauer's been doing everything in his power to try to gain followers and gain grow a brand and whatever. He's got like one fifth the amount of followers that Mike Trout has. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and, yeah, and Mike Trout puts asses in the seats. He bro. does. That, that's, he does. Oh. Yeah. He does. And you see it when he comes to Toronto. When he comes to Toronto, and obviously it's not a big baseball city here. It's a lot of people show up to watch Mike Trout because it, it's advertised that he's one of the best ever. Of course, so he, he he's an asses and seats guy. Who do you think is winning this division? I'm going to obviously say the Astros. Obviously, like the Astros are winning this division. Look at the roster. <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't know why, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the A's. Um, I'm just getting a feeling about that one. I, I feel like. I feel like they're so under the radar that they're just gonna sneak by everyone and and be right there at the top at the end and. And they'll they'll edge out the Astros. Yeah, it's it's definitely a one-two punch. And like you said, I mean, both of their win totals are kind of close. I just think that Astros, man, you come up with that three-headed like that three-headed horse. I mean, you got Verlander who just dominates every single year, and he's getting older. And then you have Granky, who's another freak. And then you have Odorizzi to add to that rotation. Very good. Then you have Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Guriel. Like, it, I don't think Verlander's going to be. Yeah, he. I don't know if he's gonna be back. Oh, I'm just saying, oh like, yeah, yeah, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 one of those guys that's gonna be there for you. I guess halfway through the year, three quarters way, whenever. But he's. You're right. I mean, it's definitely hard to pick out. It's definitely hard to pick who's gonna win that division. Let me look at the stats here. Let me see who's gonna who's the favorite. Yeah. So the A's are favorite to win the division, plus one twenty five. Interesting. Which what what book do you use? What do you guys have up there? Betway. Bet I use Betway. Bet okay. I th- I think yeah. you could probably find it flipped other places. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it close. Like, it's very close. Yeah, it's plus 130. It's like five cents. Oh, it's for the all, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's so like they're yeah. neck and neck, depending on where, yeah, you, where you bet with. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, that, that's so you got the A's. I got the Astros. Let's go into the NL West. The first team we're going to talk about is a team that I hate almost on the same level as the Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I got torched uh, on Twitter because when they were down 3-1 to the Braves, I started retweeting all these clown Dodger fans saying like, the uh, the the Dodgers win the World Series this year. I kept old takes exposing them. Little did I know they would come back, win the World Series, and then I got exposed, putting a body bag on Twitter from all these uh, Dodgers fans, respectfully, obviously. But this team, Trevor Bauer, another another guy to add to that rotation, a, a ton of Cy Young awards in that rotation. 
another good team. They got they got fucking Justin Turner back. Also, I I think they're going to be a wagon again. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, there's really not even much analysis to do here. They're bringing everybody back. Got the band back together. David Price is offering a pitch out of the bullpen because they have an abundance of starters. I mean, they just don't know. They just don't know what to do with everybody. Like, hey, yeah. should we throw Dustin May to the Wolves or whatever? Like, they don't know what to do with all the pitching that they have. Um, For sure. Julio Arias is like a oh guy God, that they're yeah. just going to yeah. not be able to use. But, yeah, uh, they're as good as any team has been on paper um, that I can remember. Yeah, so not that much analysis with them. I mean, Clay have Clayton Kershaw, one of the best to ever do it. Also, Trevor Bauer, and then you got Buell, David Bueller. Price, Bueller, Walker Bueller. What a fuck! I, oh my god, this just goes to show you that money does buy happiness in the game of baseball. Because this team, I don't even want to know how many what what their luxury tax is. I'm obviously not going to look that up. But they spend so much money. Trevor Bauer, I think, is getting 40 mil a year. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Um, and he's got an opt-out after each year. It's a three-year deal. And it's what an insane like 40, deal. 40, gotta, 25 or something. You got you got to tip your cap to Rachel Luba for that because that's an insane deal. Just having like that's literally just a player deal. The player has every single option there. He can opt out whenever he wants. Like just it, it's an unbelievable deal. It's the opposite of actually the Mike Trout deal. Mike Trout's fucked. Like he's there <laughs> for life. He's he's there in LA for life unless he gets traded. But yeah, nothing to really say here. This is the team. I mean, they, they might win a hundred games again. Like hundred plus yeah. games this year. Not many subtractions beside Jock and Enrique Hernandez, but and Alex Wood. But this team is obviously the front runner to win this division. No yeah, question. In the World Series. So yeah, and the next team we'll go into. Uh, they they gave up the a generational third baseman, one of the best. One of the best ever, one of the best fielders, one of the best hitters, a guy that you can, you want to market him in baseball, you put this guy, man rocket, unbelievably good looking. He puts asses in the seats. Nolan Arenado in the Colorado Rockies. I think this is another team that gives me the Seattle Mariners vibes, a very underrated lineup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have said that every single year and every yeah. single year they suck. And now, true. <laughs> and, and get rid of, get rid of Arenado and, I've, I'm just, I've just lost faith. I always say that, you know, Oh, this is the year that uh, Charlie Blackman's gonna, gonna be the best hitter in the league, or this is the year that, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, Trevor story, everyone says the best shortstop in the league, which is, you know, he's certainly up there. Um, they, they stink. They, they stink. I mean, <laughs> we'll you can see. name as many, we'll you can see. name as many good players as you want. Ramon Marquez is a great pitcher. Um, you can talk about Charlie Blackman. You can talk about Trevor story. But as a team, I don't see anything happening for them. I really like that C.J. Crone acquisition. I really do. I, I think C.J. Crone's a good first baseman. It sucks because my guy, Josh Fuentes, friend of the show again, I'm just throwing out friends of the show, but he's a – Josh Fuentes, very nice swing, and people love to mention he's a cousin of Nolan Arenado. Um, but he's a guy also – I mean, Josh Fuentes at 278 last year. Very good. I mean, he had a lot – very good, like a, for average – and I think that lineup, like I said, you put CJ Crone at first, you have Trevor Story, hopefully Josh Fuentes to kind of sneak in there on third base or whatever, and you have Charlie Blackman. 
I think they're very underrated, man. I, I, I don't know. I might take their over on their win total just for it's fun. Like, it's like I, I 64. Know. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 something it's something to root for. Just root for the little guys, man. I mean, obviously that sucks. I mean, I, I it's just mind blogging me. They gave up Nolan Arenado for pretty much yeah nothing. for free. Yeah, but, Brendan Rodgers yeah, is a great free. young player. Um, yeah, Brendan Rodgers good too. I remember seeing him play at uh, everyone would crowd around the fields at Lake. What is it, Lake Point? in uh georgia for the you know yeah, for all those for perfect, perfect game. game tournaments everyone would crowd around the orlando scorpions field when he was coming to bat and, and the kid would yeah. mash so he puts asses yeah he puts asses in seats yes. as well I, like i said I, I i could see this team being like a 70 to 75 winning team i'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs yeah i'm just saying that everyone's writing them off because no one arenado has gone but Brennan Rogers, he can fill the void there. Also, if he can get, get familiar and hit for average, hit home runs, he had a pretty good – he hit a nuke the other day, actually. I was watching. I was like, this ball hasn't landed yet. He's, <laughs> he, he's also a guy that could be good. So it's just a very underrated team, and why not just root for them to have fun? Just hammer their overwind total, man. Sure. Uh, fuck it. Uh, yeah, I like that, man. We're, we're just rooting for fun here. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we're, we're, and, and it's fun to see the Colorado Rockies be good. That stadium is fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Holy oh, yeah. shit. That's yeah, it's great. What a man. Stadium. It's great. And obviously the ball flies there, makes makes things a little bit more exciting. So um yeah, yeah I don't I don't dislike that at all. And the next team we're gonna talk about is a team that, like you said, I mean, you if you look put this lineup back in 2012, 2013, they'd be a wagon. San Francisco Giants. Uh Evan Longoria is still playing. I remember watching him when I was legit 12 years old, like 10 years old, <laughs> 13 years ago. I was watching this guy play against the Jays. And look at listen to this acquisition they got. They they got Scott Cashmere this offseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah, he, that guy's still in the he league. He's the Red Sox kryptonite in like 2007. He was a dog. I will say that. I have his autograph. He's he was a dog. He was a <laughs> oh, he dog was great, when he was on he's the race. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the acquisition. And another guy. Blue Jays legend. Hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to get this guy on the show. I've been fucking grinding to get Aaron Sanchez. He's also signed there this offseason. So, like I said, you put this team together in, like, 2012, 2014. I mean, this is a World Series contending team, man. Evan Longoria, Scott Kashmir. They're getting the band back together. They're getting the Rays back together <laughs> yeah. on this team. Yeah. Um, by the way, just to go back for one second to the Rockies, Daniel Bard, another guy yes, who came, yes. out of, came out of nowhere from, like, you yeah. know, the early 2000s and just came back to win. Um, I don't know if he won comeback, comeback player. Did player he win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comeback player yeah, of the yeah. year because he always had the best stuff. It was great to see him come back. So shout out to him. Yeah, and they got Alex Wood as well. So I, I, this is another team that you could just take the under on the win total. I don't know what it is. I'm assuming it's low because this division, and you got to pray for these dudes because they're going to have to see the, the Padres. They're going to have to see the Dodgers a shit ton. Yep. They might lose 100. Like they might lose 90-plus <laughs> games. I'm not like this team is not not good at all. I think last year they were terrible, correct? Like they weren't good at all. Yeah, yeah, very bad. Uh, all all three of the teams at the bottom <laughs> of this division are are not not very good. Yeah. So yeah, it, this is a very this is a very top heavy division. Like it, and we talked about the East last week. We're lucky to be able to like be fans of teams in those divisions because it's very competitive. Like any team could beat anyone. I mean, except the Orioles, they're fucking terrible. Six, <laughs> zero percent, zero zero percent win uh, playoff percentage. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I think this team is horrific. And Scott Cashmere, it's cool to see this dude back playing baseball because, like I said, man, he's a piece of my childhood. Watching that team with him, Matt Garza, James Shields, Carl Crawford in the playoffs. Holy shit! What a wagon they were. I, I just looked up Cashmere. Uh... I just looked up Casimir's stats and it's like 
2004 to 2011. And then 2013 to 2016. This guy's had three careers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's 2021. Yeah. It's not, it's not 2018. That's, that was full 10 years ago when he was 20, his age 27 season. Then he had another like four year stint, five years off. And now he's, it's crazy. I can't believe he's still on the show. Like I was reading this and I was like, wait, Scott, like the Scott Cashmere, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays, Scott Cashmere. And man, I'm telling you, and you want to talk, bring back names. Remember fucking Matt Garza? Oh, that sure. dude was nasty. That dude was nasty. Dude, the last time when, uh, when Casimir was pitching for the Rays, they were the devil Rays. So yeah, <laughs> that's how <laughs> yeah. fucking old this dude is. Dude, it's insane. It's insane. This guy's still in league. You got to tip your cap because not many guys can have major league careers. I don't know if he's going to make the team. I'm not sure if he's going to make the team. I know he's like a non-roster invite, I believe, to spring training. Um, But you got you root for guys like that. Scott Cashmere. And I got to ask you this. Speaking of all the Giants, what the fuck happened to Tim Lincecum? Where is this dude at? Oh, geez. Did he get hurt? Yeah, I don't know. He had like he had like a tryout or like he was holding a uh, a workout for a bunch of teams to come watch him pitch. And I heard he was looking decent, but I don't think that ever materialized. Yeah. I missed that dude. Oh, bro. he was the that best. That dude was like the freak. Oh, he was so fucking. He was so fucking. He also- good. And then we're going to the next team, the team that, in my opinion, won the off season. Uh, a couple friends of the show. Joe Musgrove. Uh yeah, my my guy. Uh but yeah, no, dude, this team, I think I I said the Dodgers are gonna win the division. I'm just gonna say just how much I fucking hate the Dodgers. The Padres are this is the Padres division. You got Eric Cosmer, you got Tatis, you got Manny Machado. You, you got that rotation that's freaky, the best rotation in baseball. So I'm saying the Padres are gonna win the division. I love this team, by the way. I love the jerseys, everything going on for them. This is how you grow the game, the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I mean it's they, they have one of the most fun teams in, in baseball, like you said, one of the best rotations, um, and that's without Mike Clevenger. So when they get him back, you know, the, the, this, oh. is, this team is dangerous for years to come. So that's uh, – yeah, that's all, that's all there is to say. They're going to be well, excited. Yeah, that's all, Tatis they're, signed yeah, they're for like a, 14 years, so he's going to be there for, forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be from San Diego. You might not get it this year, the division at least, because you're overlapping with a a juggernaut of of offense yeah. and defense and pitching. But um, it's going to be very very competitive for a long time. It's going to be so fun to watch, and you got to think about this: like Tatis, he he signed that deal knowing that this team's going to be good for a very long time. The Mike Trout deal kind of is kind of a head scratcher to me when he signed that because there was you don't see any potential kind of future there besides Otani and Rendon with that Angels team. Tatis, looking at this roster, you see these guys like Manny Machado, who has a pretty good amount of years left. You see Eric Hosmer, pretty good amount of years left. Will Myers and that rotation. That make that deal makes sense to me. Yes, maybe. I don't know. In, in, in the last two, three years of his uh, contract, they might be shit. I don't know. But he's going to have 10 years of just electric factory playoffs, wagon team, unreal unis. So I respect that deal. That's a deal I can get behind a 14-year deal because that team's going to be nasty. Yeah, and he could have got more like raw money. Um, but his relationship with the with the front office, it seems to be really good. His relationship with AJ Preller. And he has shown uh, Preller has shown Tatis that he's willing to spend money and willing to get that team in a position to win. 
So it's not just the, like the trout thing. Hey, we want to have you here, whatever. It's like, no, we want to have you here for a long time and win for a long time. And we're going to do whatever we have to, to make that happen, which is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. He sees a future there, obviously for sure. And it, it, he, if, if you're on the San Diego Padres, I, I think I mentioned this to Musgrove. You're never, you, you never have to pay for dinner again. Like this, you go out to dinner with Tatis, this guy, if he's not taking the fucking bill, you're like, you, you, you got to think this guy's just not a team guy. See, I mean, if I had that much money, I wouldn't pay for a drink ever. It's got to be him and $300 million man Machado playing, uh, oh, playing credit card roulette that. every dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and dude, and this is me just looking at it from the generous standpoint. Like when I bet like 50, I, I like my, I, I would say my unit size, like $50. Imagine having that much money. Like you bet like a $3,000, like 10 teamer. <laughs> you don't give a fuck. Yeah, like man. that's insane to oh, me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's oh, fuck, man. They have money to burn. Must be nice. Yeah. Money to burn. Must be nice. Must, must be nice. And then we'll go on to the next team, the diamondbacks. I mean, like I said, they're like you said, like, like we've been saying pretty much you, you want to put bottom feeder teams, the giants and them. This team is was not promising last year, and I and I love Alex Young. His jersey's retired behind me, by the way. Sent me that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I I don't think they're gonna be that good. Also, they're like take the under in that win total because there's not really much to be excited about there, to say the least. Um, cool stadium, very warm all the time. Pretty cool jerseys also, but not much to be excited about there in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> um, uh, Bum Bumgarner, see how he does in yeah. a, like a you know normal season with them. I don't even remember when he got traded there. It seems like forever. What a ago, weird, but yeah. What a weird, yeah. A weird decision for I him, uh, definitely. Um, but I like Cattell Marte a lot. I think he's a, there's a lot. Yeah, I think he's a there's some young yeah, guys. He's a good player. Um, fun to watch, Eduardo. Escobar and uh, Christian Walker. They got, yeah, they got some pieces, but as a as a whole and from a not yeah, from a competitive it's a two, it's standpoint. It's a two team division. Yeah. It's a two team division and, and I can literally guarantee you I will I will I will put a, a picture of my nuts on Twitter if this <laughs> team makes the playoffs. That's how confident I am that this team's going like and they have a lot of promising prospects also. I believe they have a guy from the Caribbean on this team. He's the number one prospect. This kid is fucked. I like we've had a couple Diamondbacks prospects on the show, Matt Tabor and stuff, and Jackson Goddard, and they tell me this kid is a freak. And they have a kid by the name. They have a kid that's named Blaze, Blaze Alexander, in this organization. Wow. Very cool yeah. name. Something to look forward to. Blaze Alexander, a very Cali name, very California name. But other than that, though, man, not really much to market for this team. I, and did this team get a lot of fans? I'm trying to think. Like, do you ever see fans in the stands of these games? I don't it's usually pretty empty i would say yeah yeah yeah. so another team that's uh, they have bumgarner which is kind of cool but if i'm madison bumgarner i'm trying to get out of there like uh he He like like, and he has his world he like wanted to go there though you know Uh, yeah i I don't understand that he signed a five-year deal um it's like 70 mil or something like that um so yeah that's bizarre decision by the way blaze there's a blaze in the red sox farm system too yeah so he used that home run derby. Yeah, kit. That multiple launch baseballs. Maybe Blaze is the the next big baseball name. We've... Yeah, it's the wave. <laughs> it's the wave there. You're gonna see a lot of kids actually coming out of Boston named Mookie. Like I feel like that's gonna be a popular name in Boston mm. from what he did there. Yeah, you see it here. I mean, you see it. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of Austins in Canada. There always was, but with the 
Austin Matthews in Toronto here. There's probably a lot of parents that are naming their kids after the goat. But yeah, no, I I I think uh, the Diamondbacks not, not that much to look forward to, look forward to this year. Maybe bet against them a lot, make a lot of pretty good amount of money if you like not really any value bets. But no, I I think they're going to be at the bottom. But I don't think they're as bad as the Giants. I will say that I think the Giants are the worst team in the division. Yeah, uh, I I think the Rockies are. Um, you, I don't know. I, I really think, don't know. You could be right. I think in terms of uh, fun. They're they're in they're in the middle of the pack there, but yeah. from a pure win standpoint, I think they're going to come in at the bottom. But uh, yeah, nothing to be excited about the you know for those three teams. It sucks because, like I said, I I, lo- I love having like a division where it's all competitive and stuff. But when you have a, a team like the Padres spending six hundred million on two players, not much to compete with there. You can't compete with that shit. You really can't. So it sucks. Love those teams. I grew up watching them, obviously. I grew up watching being a baseball guy, obviously. But it's it's cool to see Diamondbacks good. When, when Randy Johnson was there and that stadium was bumping, you want to talk about electric factory, that's an electric factory. But it's not going to happen for a while. So you hate to see it. But, yeah, I got the Padres winning. I got the Padres winning the division. Yeah. I want to go with the Padres, but I, I can't. I got to go with the Dodgers. I can't. Their lineup's too strong. Everything is too strong yeah. about them. Every guy in every position is like a, an all-star. So it's uh, I, I got to go with the chalk. I just think the chip on their shoulder, man. I just honestly, I think that chip on the shoulder for the Padres last year, obviously they were slam Diego. They were the most hyped team in baseball, kind of a early exit. I guess you could say by the Dodgers, um, some bad blood there. Also, people don't talk about that. There's actually some, I think they had a couple close to brawls i guess in the playoffs or they were fighting against or they were intentionally hitting each other i don't remember what it was but there is some bad blood there which is very good for the game yeah i think i think that it doesn't make too much sense well it makes sense to me but i think the padres are more likely to knock the dodgers off in the playoffs than they are to beat them in the division um yeah Okay, like a wild card team like is that what you're thinking i think they'll get the wild card and then beat them and like the you know and, and that I'll, would be even better LDS if that's a scenario yeah if that's a scenario and i'll take I'll, I'll piggyback what i was saying i don't fucking hate the dodgers i just hate some of their fans who are very annoying <laughs> one of the most annoying fan bases in baseball um but no yeah you're right on that and i would rather see that how cool would that be a wild card team beating the the big the mighty dodgers i'd love it oh, that, sign me up for that that'd shit. be that'd be awesome man i mean I think, you know, you're going to see that that season series is going to be awesome. Uh, you're going to see both of those teams in the playoffs and it's going to be a dog fight when they, when they face each other late in the, you know, late in the postseason. So that's something to look forward to probably for sure. Probably the number one series to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So well, let's go. So just to, just a recap here, I have, the Astros and no, I have yeah, the Astros and the Padres, and you have the Dodgers the and the uh, Athletics. Yep. Okay, so we're kind of we're we're on different sides here. You love to see it, just a little contentious. Sure. But here's my prop for this week. My prop for this week, I found it on Betway. You might be able to find it on, on other websites. I have Jacob Degrom leading the major leagues in strikeouts, plus five hundred. Honestly, he does it pretty much every. I mean, this guy just puts up the numbers like that. I think the Mets are going to be good. He's going to be going deeper into games because they're going to have a good lineup. They're going to be leading a lot, a lot of more opportunities for complete games, a lot of opportunities to go deeper. Like I mentioned, I think DeGrom plus 500 to lead leading strikeouts is not a bad prop, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, those ones are interesting because, you know, all those outrights, you know, that there's really, you know, five or six guys that probably have a legitimate shot and the rest 
you know, it would take something spectacular, but I mean, DeGrom is as, as good a pitcher as we've ever seen. So he, that's a solid, that's a solid. The only one you got to be worried about is, uh, you know, Scherzer and Cole, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. But those odds are, those odds are solid. And Scherzer's crazy value, by the way, is plus a thousand to lead the league in strikeouts. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, you know, there's just so many, so many possibilities for, for who could win. So that's, that's why they, they got to yeah, do that. But they have Giolito. They have Giolito out of, out of Scherzer to lead the league in strikeouts. They that have Giolito. They have Bauer. They have Giolito, Bauer, Bieber. Like Bieber is the third lowest yep. odds. And then the Trevor Bauer is the fourth, Giolito fifth, and Max Scherzer sixth. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's like I, I think I think DeGrom's the best pitcher in New York. I think he's better than Garrett Cole. Oh, certainly. I don't think anyone, so, you know, anyone who's not wearing a Yankees hat would, would, would argue with that. So, and if you, and if they do, they're a clown. Yeah. Plain and yeah. simple. Yeah. DeGrom is what he does. And what he did on that Mets team that was shit, like last year, two years ago, is even more impressive. So what's your prop? Do you have a prop for this? Um, yeah, I, I didn't prepare one, but something that I already took is um, Jose Ramirez to win the MVP. Wow. I think he's – well, I got him at 3,300. Um, so – I think he's just a guy that goes flies onto the radar like crazy. And, you know, he had one, he had one almost MVP season, then he had a down year and then people kind of wrote him off, but he's a potential, you know, he's a 30, 30 guy. He's um, you know, he's the the big guy in town now that, now that Lindor is gone. So I think it's a, it's a big season for Jose Ramirez. Yeah. And he's on my app, which is just fucking theft. He's plus 1200. Like that's, so you, that's how, like that's how many people are hammering it. I'm supposing. Is that, is that the trend? Yeah. I, I got it very early. Um, I got it. So like when I was, I was like making odds for this for work and um, I was like, Oh, Jose Ramirez should be way up there. So I got that. And then we kind of posted our odds and then kind of the market kind of corrected when they had more options. So it was just kind of a, a bogus line that someone hung. Yeah. I mean, they have him fourth, like fourth highest or fourth lowest. They got trout obviously plus two twenty five, and Bregman plus 900, which is Bregman's also another guy you got to think of. And Aaron judge, get the fuck, get out of my face. I don't think Aaron judge is going to be it's just, a, plus it's just a, a Yankee think, effect, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 I think everyone, I think all the Yankees guys taking Aaron judge, but anyways, Ben, I was always fun to do this. I mean, Obviously, we're contradicting each other here. A little different teams we have winning the division, which is fun. We'll see what happens with it. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you for coming on this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, always fun, man. And, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up with the Central and we'll do it again. Yeah, there it is. And, anyways, now let's cut it to the electric interview with the guy with the most electric handlebars in baseball, Randy Dobnak. Before we cut it to the interview with Randy Dobnak, just want to remind everyone that if you have not already to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we're trying to send this to the moon and we can't do it without you. Thank you. Now let's cut it to the electric interview with our guy, Randy Dobnak. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Jones, and we're here with a very, very, very special guest. He is formerly known as the man that went from Uber driver to pitching in the ALDS. He has the most electric beard, mustache, handlebars, whatever you want to call it in Major League Baseball. And a lot of people are calling him the ace of the Minnesota Twins. And when I say a lot of people, I mean me. It's my pleasure to welcome Randy Dobnock to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. What's up, brother? How are you? Thanks for having me on. And yeah, I I just want to clear this out of the way. Um, The first thing I want to bring up is... You're number 68. Did you do that on purpose? Did you want to be one away from 69 on purpose, or what's the deal with that? Was 69 taken? 
Uh, no, they just gave me that number. But um, if they if they want to bump me up one more, that's fine with me too. But <laughs> I just, no, it, they, they, it's just a jersey they gave me. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just, just happy to have a jersey. It just meets the persona, though, man. I mean, you have the handlebars. You pretty much have that like "fuck you" attitude on the mound. Number sixty nine with handlebars. You might be like the real life Kenny Powers. I, might, I'm, just, I'm just one ball away, right? Yeah, you really are, man. I, I, I it's, it's an electric thing. And the, uh, let's go back to talk about the Uber driver for a second. How many times has that been brought up to you in interviews, everything you've done? Because honestly, if you search Randy Dobnock on Twitter, that's pretty much the first thing that comes up is this whole Uber driver scenario. Um, I think it's every single podcast I've done, every single interview I've done, it's always brought up. It just, I guess it's part of the story. I don't know. People don't yeah. really know that. I, I drive more Lyft than Uber, but... We'll, we'll leave so, it we're gonna, so we're going to start off the narrative. You're the Lyft driver. We're going to break the Uber driver narrative. Um, we're going to be, you're going to be known as the Lyft driver now, and I'm not going to bring it up in the convo. I'm not going to bring up the Uber driver because the people listening, we like to switch it up here, but that's besides the fact, man, I wanted to talk about you putting Cameron Maben in a body bag on Twitter. It was the most electric thing I've ever seen when you t- signed in Twitter and you saw all the notifications of Cameron Maben tweeting at you. Were you kind of shook? Like, were you kind of mad when he said to give that a 4.99 or whatever it was? I actually did not see the original tweet because I don't know what was going on, but by the time that I got to my phone, I think he already had to, he deleted already. So I did some research and trying to find <laughs> someone that screenshot it and I found it. I, I mean, it's, I don't get mad at that stuff. I think it was kind of funny. That's why I think we got back, I got back to my place at like probably like two in the morning or something like that. <laughs> and I just like rolled over, I tweeted back at him and said, hit me up if you need a ride dog. And, <laughs> I threw my phone on the charger. I went to bed. I woke up at like 10 and my phone was just blowing up. I was like, what the hell's going on? It's, it was a good response because I, you probably didn't do the research before the response, but I'm, a, I'm pretty sure he actually has a DUI on his record and people kind of put two and two together. Like you did your research on it. So it was an insane, it was an insane tweet. Like I read yeah. that and I was like, I love this dude. Yeah. I, I didn't know he had that. They, um, I think it was Barstool that put like, they put like my tweet, or his tweet and then my tweet and then like a picture of his DUI and they put it all together. Like <laughs> make it look like I tweeted the picture along with it, but I didn't do that. I didn't know it all at the time. Hey, honestly, man, that was just an electric day for you because that's kind that's where you kind of got the name, like became a household name for the Minnesota twins. And like I said, in the, in the year 2019, you had a one nine ERA. Is that good? You tell me I'm not a stack guy, but it's just all the, the sequence of events happened and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to go into that, man. I believe you started out in indie ball. Is that correct? Or you were in like, in a, yeah, you were an independent ball. And next thing you know, you, you blink and you're pitching in the ALDS against the New York Yankees. I mean, how weird was that sequence for you? And did you get a moment to kind of look back and pinch yourself and say, holy shit, man, I'm in the show. Well, I, I graduated from college in 17 and then I didn't get drafted or anything. So I went to go play indie ball. I played for a lot. Uh, I think it was, I had five starts there. Um, and then I got picked up by the Twins. I went to rookie ball for about a month, and then I finished the season in low A, Cedar Rapids. 2018 came around. I was in Cedar Rapids the whole season. 2019 came around. I started out in high A, then I went double A, triple A, double A, triple A, and then to the big leagues. And then obviously the whole playoff thing. And then so it was it all happened really quickly. I didn't really expect it to happen that fast, but you know, I always thought in the back of my mind that I could do it. I just didn't realize I would take you know. A little under two years of pro ball <laughs> dude for sure and i'm gonna give you the name we might have to come up with shirts because i'm boys with your uh agent 
you're the Johnny Junta of Major League Baseball. You're just like me. Uh, you have glasses. You're an electric factory. Everyone loves you. I'm pumping my own tires while pumping yours. So I just want to go into the glasses too, man, because obviously I played with glasses and I have something to announce in a little bit. But do you consider yourself kind of like the poster child for got, like pitchers with glasses? Because it's an electric look. I don't know why more people do it. No, no, not really. There's, there's guys that have been in the league a lot longer than I have that wear glasses. I mean, I think um, you look at some relievers. I mean, Clipper's been in the league for like 15 years and he wears glasses. Too, so I don't know. I don't know. People, I've always worn, I've, I didn't wear those glasses until uh, 2018. I actually had black frames like yours and I would just tie it around the back of my head and tie it up <laughs> my hat to pitch with. <laughs> that's, an, that's an incredible look. And this is my announcement just because obviously you understand this. I hit 163 or whatever, 130 in Juco in Nebraska. And I went to the eye doctor the other day and they told me like in these glasses, I'm pretty much blind in my left eye. I have no vision in my left eye because that's how bad these lenses are. So I was pretty much playing the game of baseball in Juco blind. So I'm kind of want to make this announcement to say, delete my stats off the internet. I don't want to, I'm tired of getting roasted for my stats or at least put an asterisk beside my stats because I legitimately was playing blind and 163 with a left eye blind. That's an impressive stat. I had three home runs in my career. So I just wanted to make that announcement and have someone ever roasted you on the field, like, or just said a chirp to you, like that you're wearing glasses. Has someone ever called you four eyes, squints, anything like that? I mean, not in like an actual angry tone. People would joke around about it and say four eyes. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but I've never had anybody like get really mad at me to start calling me four eyes and all that kind of squints <laughs> or whatever. But if I did, whatever, I, I like that kind of stuff. I think it's fun. I love the glasses look on the field. I think it looks electric. I think it just, it, it's different. It separates yourself from the, from the pack. And when you're wearing those Minnesota twins, baby blue jerseys, and you have the glasses on, it looks like that vintage eighties. Look, it's an electric look. I, what what's your favorite Minnesota Twins look by the way? What's your favorite jersey? The baby blues. There's you can't beat them. They're so sick. I just I got I just I got a new baby blue glove this past off season, and I got baby blue cleats coming. So okay. hopefully I get a start in baby blues one one time this year. Uh, my my wife gonna... actually got me a baby blue ring too. Oh my god, you're just dialed in on the baby blue. I I love it. I mean, but besides the fact here, the next thing I wanted to bring up is is your career so far. You've got the opportunity to play with legends like Nelson Cruz, like Josh Donaldson, who's literally my god, my king. What's it like looking behind you and seeing that lineup that's so stacked that like the 100-game win Minnesota Twins, how insane is that for you to just know that if you give up four runs, your lineup's going to put up six, seven? Yeah, it's definitely nice being a pitcher having a lineup like that because like, you know, any inning, they can go off and hit four or five home runs in any given inning or during any, any game. Um, but having those guys also behind you de defensively is really nice. We just signed Simmons. I mean, the dude's unbelievable at shortstop. So having him on him and JD on the left side of the infield is going to be sweet. And then obviously we have Polanco or Reyes at second base, and we got Snow at first. So the whole infield is pretty much locked down with a uh, pretty solid defense. And then obviously all their offense is uh, just another additive to it. You guys, you guys have such a stacked roster. And unfortunately, you guys lost Jake Odorizzi to the – who? where did he sign? I'm so dumb for not knowing this. The Astros? Astros. The Astros. Signs with the Astros. <laughs> yeah, he just sounds close. What was it like losing him? Uh, it sucks. I mean, I guess they couldn't come to terms, but he's a great guy. I'm sure he'll do great. He, I mean, he might even come back to the Twins and after two years. You don't really know. But <laughs> it sucks losing a guy like that. But we obviously we pick some guys up here and there. Um, we have Kenta, Big Mike, uh, 
Barrios, those guys will be around for a few more years at least. Um, we just picked up Shoemaker yeah. about less than a month ago. He's had a pretty solid career when he's healthy. So, you know, obviously we just picked up Jay and Hap too. So he's pretty solid when he's healthy as well. So what a pitching staff. What a pitching staff. And, and what do you prefer? Do you, do you prefer starting or do you prefer coming out of the bullpen? Uh, I've always been a starter my whole life. But, I mean, when I made my debut, I was relieving. So whatever – Whatever they want me out there for, I'll do. I'll close it. I don't care. Whatever. Starting, relieving, closing, DHing, whatever. Yeah, that's why you're a team guy. Or DHing. <laughs> you're gonna step in. The, you're gonna be. The, you're gonna be yeah, in the. I, you're gonna I'll be in the. Box. I don't care. Well, how good? And yeah, I, don't this, know, I don't know who Nelson Cruz is, but what, what were you saying? So, what, what what would you do in the batter's box right now as a DH? Like, if you got some reps, how, how, like what would you out of 100 IBs? I have no idea. I haven't swung. I haven't seen live pitching in seven years. So, <laughs> 15. Okay, I respect the fifteen. I've got some reps on my COVID. I got twenty twenty-five. We'll see. Okay, so you're just kind of you pretty much just uh, did a ricochet shot at me, saying you'd hit my average in hundred abs in the show and not taking an ab in seven years, which that's fine. I respect that. <laughs> I respect the chirp on me, but the handlebars too. I wanted to talk about the handlebars. When did you kind of realize like this is my brand? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna just gonna start rocking these in the major leagues now and be that guy. Well, in 2019, I shaved it when I was in high A and just kept, like, the little mustache for a day. Um, and sure enough, that same exact day, I got sent to double A. I got promoted to double A. I was like, well, I guess I got to keep it. And I kept pitching well with it, so kind of just became a household thing. And then once I got called up, my wife was like, you got to keep the mustache. I was like, all right, whatever. So here I am. Now it's part of my life. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. And, I, and let's bring up the agent. That's how we connected. Uh, Matthew Gata, a legend. Uh, what's it like kind of having a guy like so electric as him representing you where he has your back? He's chirping people on Instagram. He's pumping the boys tires on Instagram. What's it like kind of having a new age kind of agent like that, where he's so active on social media, pumping his players up? Uh, it's nice having something like that. Cause I'm not the kind of person that kind of shares that stuff on my own, on my profiles and stuff like that. So to have him do that for all my family members, that kind of share it through him rather than, you know, me posting it. You know, that's just that's just how I've always been. Not I'm never been the kind of person to kind of brag about doing things or whatever. Um, so to have him like go out there and make these hype videos and stuff like that is pretty cool just for me to see. Then my parents, and my wife can all share it and their families can see it and stuff like that. So it's definitely he's a good dude. He is a great dude. He's a great dude. He's an electric dude. And I, what I respect about him is he always wears suits. He's just a massive suit guy. <laughs> he's never not in suits. Yeah, he wears suits. Doesn't even matter if it's midsummer in, in Florida. He'll wear a suit to the game. I don't know. You got to respect yeah. the brand. You got to respect the brand. I mean, you uh, know that's who's his coming. Thing. That's his thing. <laughs> Who? What? What are a couple other guys in uh, in your agency that you're kind of close with? Like, are you close with Nick Anderson and all those guys? Yeah, I, thought, I, used, I guess Nick used to be with the Twins, so I kind of met him my first year pro ball, just a little bit talking here and there in spring training, and then he got traded. But um. I guess you can say me and him, me and him are pretty good friends. Um, there's a few other minor leaguers that we know that are with the Twins that I've talked to here and there, but I'd say probably Nick's probably the one that I talked to the most besides anybody else. For sure, man. You you kind of got that big league experience now. You've been in the show for like two and a bit years. I wanted to talk about the biggest difference off the field is the the private jets, the unlimited meals you have, the the having dip whenever you want. Like someone just grabs you a tin of Grizzly whenever you want. What's the biggest difference that you kind of noticed from your minor league career to the big league career? Is it the PJs? Is it the is it the clubbies at your disposal whenever you want? What is it? Um, 
kind of just shown up. I mean, I guess in the minor leagues, you kind of just show up too, but you know, you have your duties, but in the major leagues, you always, it's literally like you just show up and all your stuff's going to be ready for you. It's kind of weird. Cause I mean, even in college, I was, we would get ready in our dorms. We didn't have a clubhouse or anything like that. So when I first got the rookie ball and having a clubhouse, I was like, this is kind of sick. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't, I don't dip or anything like that. So I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. I respect but, that. You're, 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 you're it is, it is, it's nice having guys. It is having nice, having guys around just to kind of help you out, whether it's on the field or off the field. And obviously all the food's pretty good. So that's a good part of it. It is. It's just, I mean, you're living the dream and it's crazy to me that you don't dip because you have that brand. I mean, you're like, you come out to country road, take me home. I'd sit uh, at a target field. You have a literally the most electric mustache in major league baseball. Your number 68, one away from 69. I just feel like it's God given to you to just throw in a dip on the bench and just be that dude. It's, it's insane. Yeah, you never I'm, dip. Never, never try dip. Never try it. No. Wow. I've done the, I've done the chewy like leaf stuff. Like once or twice back in college for no reason, okay. but I was like, yeah, it didn't really appeal to me. I was like, whatever. Yeah, and you and you're you went to a D two, correct? Uh, uh, what's it called? Alder? I can't even pronounce it. I don't know how how to properly say it, but anyway, Alderson Broadus. Alderson Broadus. Okay, it's a D two. Actually, there's a couple of Canadian kids that I played with that actually ended up going there. But um, yeah, what what what, what are their names? Costa Costa Cafe Costa. Costa. Fe- Constantinos or whatever yeah. his actual name was. Yeah, Costa Cafe. Cafes yeah, I played or something. A- yeah. Yeah, I played I played with him too. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. Yeah. So, I'm a strange guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. I like him though. It's I think he's a nurse. I don't know what he is. I think he's a nurse. He's probably gonna be listening to this and saying, Yeah, I'm a nurse, dude. Like shut up. But no, it's just like what was it like for you to go to a D two and then go go play pro ball? Was that even like in your in your mind like you wanted to play pro? Did you have the goal of that or was it just like, Man, I'm doing really well here. I have a chance to get drafted? Um, I mean I thought I threw pretty well my four years there. I always thought that I had a chance to get drafted. I had I think the Blue Jays talked to me my sophomore through my senior year. Um, but nobody ever, like, I, th- I think I had seven or eight teams that reached out to me at some point in my career there. Um, but I don't really know if any of them ever got to come see me play just because we were so remote and it was always raining or snowing and they didn't really come, they don't want to come see D2 baseball in the middle of a mountaintop. So, um, yeah, I always thought, I, I always thought I would go pro no matter what, if it was, you know, through the draft or whatnot. Um, I had a connection to the indie ball team I played with is my man. The manager's son um, was my catcher my first two years. And the manager's name is Jim Essie. And he played in the big leagues for 17 plus years and managed and stuff. Um, but as soon as the draft ended, he was like, yeah, we got a spot for you. So if you want to come play for me, so I want to play with him. Dude. <laughs> I love, I love how you're kind of just like a laid back guy where it's like, I'll, I'll go play indie ball. Like I'm going to go play indie ball. Now, whatever happens happens. And now you're literally in the show, but I wanted to go into you're like the 2019 season, man, you're carving. Literally everyone's talking about you. The twins fans are pumping your tires on Twitter. What was it like for you that year to have that much success right off the bat, man? Because that's very rare for people. It was just, it was just crazy. I think it just has to deal with the way that, um, just the way that I pitch, I, you know, I started contact, so I don't really worry about, I, I try and keep the ball on the ground a lot. So I don't have to worry about, you know, giving up home runs and deep fly balls and all that kind of thing. And my mental side of the game is really good. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really helped me out progressively through, you know, college and all that stuff, pro ball. I'm um, just having my, my mentals on a really good side all the time, no matter what happens in the game. Um, but just being consistent, I think throughout the minor leagues that year, and then translating that right into the big leagues, knowing that, you know, I have a big league defense behind me. So some balls that maybe in the minor leagues that will be hits, these guys are going to make the play and get the outs and stuff like that. 
um, just helps the confidence and just go out there and do, I just went out there and do what I've been doing the whole year. And it's kind of worked out for me. Is there one team that you kind of have a, like a self-imposed rivalry against that you kind of love facing in the central or, or not the central and any, any American league team that you kind of enjoy facing just based off the fact that their field is so nice that their fans roast you. They, and they, they pack the house every game. Well, this past season that nobody, nobody packed the house. It was kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. 2019, I did face the Indians a lot and they always had a, their stadium sick. Um, and the fans are pretty awesome too. I mean, even though they're not rooting for me, but they're still just, they would sell out most games. Um, and just the way that they just like bring the energy to the field. Even if it's for the other team, it still kind of helps the pitchers out on the other side. So, I mean, I guess you can say the Indians. I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a rivalry, but I, I like to face them. There's a, a really good competitive team. So, it's fun. Did you get a chance to pitch against the Blue Jays? I have not faced the Blue Jays yet, oh, no. I, never... faced, I did face Vladdy Jr. in 2019 in high, though, my first start. <laughs> what was that like? What did you do against you? Um, His first at bat. I had him like one, two. I feel like the best change of my life and he didn't swing at it. Next pitch, I hung him a slider. He had like 115 to dead center and the guy caught it. And then the second at bat, the second at bat was like a, I threw him a sinker way inside and he just like soft fisted it off. It was like, it literally barely made it to the outfield right at the middle for a hit. Okay. So we'll, we'll yeah, we'll say that you, Vadi Jr. hasn't had success against you. Obviously an electric dude on the mound what do you think is the most electric atmosphere that you've pitched in at home? Um, I mean, my, my first outing, it was like a Friday night against the Indians and we were in the pennant race. And it was like, I think it was like a sellout crowd, like 40,000 plus. So coming into that was pretty awesome. My family was there and all that. Just as soon as you walk around to the field, you'll see all these lights and these 40,000 people screaming at you. So I thought that, I thought that was pretty awesome. Just what- for me to experience and my family to experience as well. And what do you think about like when you're on the mound in front of that many people? Obviously, I've never I've never pitched. I've played in front of maybe five people in my life. I just always wondered when you're on the mound in such like a high intense game like that, where the stadium sold out and you're at your home barn. What's kind of running through your head? Are you not looking in the crowd, or what's going on there? Uh, I'll take a look around before the before I get on the mound. Um, and then once I get on the mound, it's like I can I have the ability to kind of like block out that noise. Um, and just focus on me and the catcher. So I kind of simplify things. It's like, you know, it's still 60 feet, six inches, no matter where I'm at. If it's, you know, college or if it's a sold out crowd at, you know, target field in the middle of a pennant race. So I just kind of simplify everything. And it was just, you know, same game I've played my whole life. It's just more, more people here, more lights. And that's about it. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah. You're right. I mean, target field is also, would you, would you call target field like a pitching, a pitcher friendly field? Yeah. They say it's kind of more pitcher friendly than hitter friendly, but I mean, it's pretty deep in some spots, but obviously you have short left field, kind of short left field, but most places are like that, but the gaps are pretty deep, which is nice. Um, especially having bucks in the center field. So anything oh in the gaps God. is going to be caught anyway. I forgot about him. That guy's a freak. You, you're t- the, the twins are so stacked and I have no idea why they're not even talked about that much. But I wanted to talk about Josh Donaldson off the field. Obviously, you kind of you kind of had the opportunity to see him off the field, kind of celebrate winning the central or winning your division, celebrate making it to the playoffs. What's it? What's he like off the field? Yeah, he's he's funny guys. He's, he's pretty rowdy, um, but he's a good dude on the field and off the field. He's not, he's pretty much the same person as he is on the field as he is off the field. Okay, <clears throat> but it's it's fun having guys like that around the clubhouse. That, you know, I grew up watching having them on my team. It's kind of weird, but pretty cool 
would you say that you're kind of the the alpha in the locker room? Not the alpha, sorry, the jester, the funny guy. Are you keeping the locker room loose, or is that someone else's role? Um, that's somebody else. I I probably that one to Asadio. He's just okay. super loud all the time. So, so you're not the jester guy. I would honestly, I'd swear you'd be the kind of glue I mean, guy. Here and there, I can be, I guess, but I don't really go out of my way to do it. I'm kind of like a quick witted person. Okay, who's the alpha? Who's the alpha of the Minnesota Twins? No, yeah, Nelson Cruz probably. If he's talking, it's probably important. <laughs> he he's had a very underrated career, huh? I mean, he's not really talked about that much either. He's he's a guy that's had a Hall of Fame numbers. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, Nelson Cruz. You have Josh Donaldson. You have Bucks. You have everyone. I mean, it's very it's a very stacked roster. Very good. Very good lineup. <laughs> very good lineup to pitch in front of. But yeah, you mentioned last year and last year playing without fans, obviously when, when a guy like you, who's like, I guess you perform better when there's fans there and all that kind of stuff. How weird was that for you to kind of get yourself pumped up to pitch and literally in front of bleachers, like no one there. Well, actually back in indie ball, we would have three or four games a week. You'd have one, you'd have two between Thursday and Sunday with crowds and they'd sell out like five, 6,000 every weekend. And then you have one game on either Tuesday or Wednesday with no fans. So, but I, I never had to pitch in those kind of games, but I still had, I kind of had a sense of like how it was. So going into it, like, it's going to be really weird, you know, it, besides being like an indie, indie ball stadium with 6,000 people, you're going to a major league stadium that can seat, you know, 40,000 plus. Um, but it was definitely weird. They played like fake crowd noise. And never, none of the players were really fans of that. That was strange. But yeah, yeah like you said, I mean, just having the actual fans there, they just bring the energy. So it was different. I don't like I don't like the fake crowd noise. Like it sounds weird on the TV. Like, I guess on the TV actually yeah. doesn't sound weird. It sounds kind of normal, like because you, you don't notice. But it's it, it's very weird. I, I could imagine as a player when you strike a dude out and it's just a machine kind of clapping for you. Like, it's it's. Just, <laughs> did you have a moment last year where you're pitching and you're like, man, they got to shut this shit off. Like this is so annoying. Like just a little crowd crickets and shit. <laughs> I did, but there's a few times. Some of the stadiums they play that stuff really really loud. Like. The Indians did it really well, actually. They would kind of like build it up, kind of like an actual crowd would do it. Because I think they had they had crowd noise from like previous seasons, I guess. I don't know. Um, but some places would just like have it super loud for no reason. They'd be like strike one and it'd just like go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the strike one. What's your what's your funniest story from like? We'll go throughout your career because we we we're a minor league podcast. We love the minor league stories involved with cops, like fans fans just chirping you waiting for you getting arrested after games what's your funniest like indie ball story or minor league story you have where you're it's it's your mona lisa story i can't really I, there's one that happened it was in summer ball if that counts it wasn't pro ball okay, that counts but it was it was summer ball and this one parent was just like i don't know this kid that was hitting super hot i don't know his name he was a super hothead and he was having a pretty rough day at the plate, and then he struck out like the third time or something like that, and just like screams like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> he's walking back. He's walking back to the dugout, and these this parents there with his kid, or no, the I don't know if the kid was there, but the parent was like right by like basically the dugout and the fence, or like right on the corner, and he looks at this kid that just struck out and just screams. He's like, "Dude, there's kids here." And this, and the player looks at the, at the mom, I think it was a dad. Looks at the dad, and goes, "Don't fucking bring him." <laughs> <laughs> That's a that was that was fun. I tell it that one to everybody. I, don't, I forget who the player was, but that was I was like right at defense when it happens. Like that was the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> 
That's incredible, man. I mean, you, you've seen it all, man. And like, you've got the opportunity to play at so many levels. Like you said, you've been through the minors, you played an indie ball. Do you kind of look back at that and say, man, I wouldn't trade the grind that I had for anything else because not many guys, like you see all these first rounders in the show and all that they've lived a high life their whole life. They've been the top prospect. They've been all that kind of stuff. You legit came from the trenches. Like you might as well have went to Juco with me. Like I respect the hell out of how far you've came in. Do you look back at that and say, man, what a, what a roller coaster of shit that I've been through. Yeah. I mean, I look at back, I look back at it a lot of the times. I mean, most, a lot of these guys, you know, signed for millions of dollars. I signed it for 500 bucks and <laughs> most guys get their, most guys get their signing bonus in two different checks. Like I got mine on one check and I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting it. And I get this check. It's like 323 bucks. I was like, hell yeah. It's a student loan payment. <laughs> <laughs> you got paid $323. Uh, that was your signing bonus. After tax. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change for anything. I don't. I don't know if I would be if I'd be the same kind of person if they gave me a million dollars at a high, of college or high school or whatever. But everybody has their own unique story, I guess, and mine's really, really different. Are you kind of looked upon as a legend with that indie ball team you played for and in your high school and all that stuff, and even at your college? Like you've had a lot of success, so these schools, your former schools and teams, must look at you like you're god, pretty much. Um, I don't know if they look at me as a, a god, but I mean. <laughs> I think I was, I think there was a one or two guys that were actually drafted from AB back in like the seventies, but I don't know if they ever made it up. Um, but yeah, I was the first player from my indie ball league to make it to the major leagues. They had, they had a lot of guys that were picked up before and played the minor leagues, but I was the first one to actually make it to the league. Um, as far as my high school goes, I, I'm not really sure about baseball, but I think they had one guy, um, Reggie Wells. I think he was a lineman for like the Cardinals and the Panthers back in the day. Um, that's about it as far as I can think of. But I'm actually doing a Zoom call later this week with um, my high school's board because we donated a jersey to them. So wow. they have me on for that. Wow. Yeah, Class act. Just a class act of a human being just sending the jersey down there. Do you think the kids are going to just kind of look, look at your jersey and kind of do that Notre Dame or Michigan thing where they kiss their hand, kiss the jersey, and then they go out onto the field. Is that what they're going to be doing before we? I had no, I had no, I had no idea. But, but yeah, the, one of the guys that works for uh, works in the office reached out to me. He's like, you know, we're thinking about you know getting donating a jersey and just kind of show the kids, you know, to, just for, have have something for them to work towards. I guess. So yeah, like, sure, no, I'll do that. Yeah, no, it's I mean, especially when you come from I especially where you come where you come from like a d2 and all that kind of stuff you're not you're not coming out of high school and everyone's looking at you like this kid's draft or bust correct i mean you yeah. went to school for i believe accounting is, is do i have that right yeah i got a degree in accounting and business administration okay so do you file your own like do you file your own taxes when you get that show paycheck or what's the deal here oh no <laughs> there's a lot more, it's it's too crazy for that <laughs> yeah i could imagine i could probably that. do it but i'm just like yeah i'll have somebody else do it yeah for sure what's rocco baldelli like as a manager, is he, he's, he's a, a great dude. Yeah, he's pretty. He's just really relaxed, which is nice. Everybody in the clubhouse kind of relates to him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he he's played a, in the show. He's a great dude. And I got and I got to ask you this: as a guy that plays in the show, do you kind of prefer managers that have played in the major leagues compared to guys that are just, I guess, smart and work their way up through the system? I'd say yeah. Probably have somebody that can they can because they they can relate really well just to the players because they know they know what the players go through. They've been through it all um and they have the the feel factor so you can't really teach that but they kind of he's been through it all so he kind of you know knows what players like to do knows what they don't like to do and 
he's just he's really relaxed and I mean he's the only manager I've had so far in the big league so yeah it'd be probably yeah. kind of hard to top him <laughs> I could see like a guy like Josh Donaldson being a manager too just a, like a, a, a team guy that'll pretty much do anything for his team and Rocco Baldelli was that guy growing up when he or when he was playing man so I, I, it's definitely cool to see guys like that that had success in the show get a job right off the bat with the Minnesota yeah. Twins, a team that's that good. Have you had him like? What's your favorite Rocco Baldelli moment? Just like, calm, something about him is like personality. What, what's your favorite thing about him or favorite moment you've had with him so far? It's just you know every time he gives you know speeches or has team meeting and stuff like that, how just how relaxed he is about everything, you know. And when he needs to be serious, he'll be serious, and he got, he gets points across really well. Um, and after every start, if it's good or bad, I'll come up to you and tell you, like, you know, go get him next time or good job today. I thought you threw well, stuff like that. So he just, like I said before, he just relates to the players really, really well. So that's it's awesome to have him. What's been the kind of reaction from Twins fans from you so far? Because obviously you're, you're not that deep into social media. You don't tweet that much. You don't Instagram that much. But do you ever, every once in a while, kind of look in the notifications to see what Twins fans are saying about you, see if they're pumping your tires or roasting you? Yeah, I do it a lot. I just for entertainment purposes. If, you, if I just search my name, it's like it's it's a really uncommon name, so everything pops up. What's the funniest thing that you've kind of seen said about you? I'm gonna search it too. Let me see what's what's some things said about Randy Dobnak. There's one last year, or uh, it was 2019, because like I was never really announced as a starter for games most of the time. Yeah, and most of the time when I most of the time when I would make a spot start, it would say TBD. Like to be determined, and somebody tweeted TBD actually stands for a thick boy Dobnak. <laughs> I thought that was a funny one. What a tweet! What a tweet! You got to retweet and show, show show some love to that. Do you know there's a Twitter account dedicated to your mustache? Yeah, see, and there's one on Instagram too, I believe. Okay, it's on Dobstache or something. <laughs> that's a that's a left. I, I have no idea who runs it. That's when you know you've made it, man. When you have um, when you have Twitter names after your legi- after your mustache, like that's like that's when you've made it in life. But yeah, you like I said, are, are, do you have you always been like that with social media, or are, are you just kind of toning it down now because you're in the show and there's a lot of hate thrown on on social media? Uh, that doesn't really bother me. I mean, people are DM me after I've had people send me death threats in my DMs on Instagram after I have a bad game. Are because you serious? they lost money. Yeah, because they lost money on the game and stuff like that. So whatever. I don't it doesn't like I said before, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's kind of funny. The one time a kid actually was saying like all kinds of like crazy shit. And I found his I like so I went through his profile, he was private. I found he had like something in his bio. I searched that. I ended up finding his LinkedIn profile, I took a screenshot of it and sent it back to him. And then I was like, Do you think your boss would like seeing this on Monday morning when she gets to work? <laughs> And, and the dude actually immediately, you know, regretted saying anything he said. Um, and then he started calling me like Mr. Job Mac. I'm sorry, blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then I eventually got on the I eventually got on the donate like 150 bucks to St. Jude. So I went. What a do dude! Dude, you love that. And, and the thing is, I'm going to be that guy for you now. Like I said, I'm a Randy Dobnak guy from here on out. I'm going to, I'm every once in a while, I'm just going to search your name on Twitter. If there's any hate, I'm going to put them in a body bag on Twitter, or I'm going to find their LinkedIn and get them to donate to St. Jude. We're going to be, a, we're going to be a part of this together as a guy with bad eyesight, just like me. We're, we're in this together, but that's actually incredible that you went through <laughs> that way. You searched this dude's LinkedIn. He was probably was shook. Funny. What was his reaction? So fast too. What was oh, his reaction? Yeah, like when, when you when he when you sent him that, was he like, oh shit, or did he like immediately oh, yeah. just twitch his tongue? And I, I left I left it open too, so it was just showing that I read it and I wasn't replying to it. He just kept sending him, sending him, sending him, sending him. 
Did you send it to his manager or no? You you held him home. No. Oh man, that would I, I, I wouldn't even be able to. I, I couldn't find her manager. It was like a weird place and some like random ass place and wherever it was. I couldn't really find a manager to actually send it. I wouldn't have done it actually, but just the idea, kind of to scare him like that, was fun. I, it's it's cool to see the change of tone, man. And you 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 see that in person when like fans come at you when you're pitching like you're literally a zoo animal, and then you look back at them and you like acknowledge the fact that they're chirping you in person and the tone just immediately changes. Have you seen that? Yeah. Like what's the worst thing a fan said to you like at the stadium or anything like that? I probably, I probably can't repeat out here, but <laughs> I've had a, some crazy things said to me. I think when I was at Yankee stadium, a bunch of people were just like, I think one or two people actually got kicked out of the game before the game started from security. Really? The bullpen. Yeah. Cause the guy was just like hanging over the railing in the bullpen, just like screaming insane profanities at you. <laughs> and that's okay. That's insane. And we had Joe Musgrove on, and he actually told a story at Yankee Stadium. He pitched there in the playoffs with the Astros, humble brag. Um, he said that fans were, like, spitting on him. Did you kind of have that same experience where, like, fans were sp- spilling stuff and spitting on you? Not that I know, but, I mean, probably they might have been. I don't know. But, yeah, they, I think they call it the jungle for a reason. So, oh my God. I mean, I thought it was awesome just to have <laughs> 50,000 people screaming at me, but it's I don't mind that kind of stuff. It's like once they start, you know, doing – pouring shit on you and stuff like that. That's where it gets a little over, out of hand. It's insane. Like, would you, would you say that's just the craziest stadium like ever to play in? And you got to see it firsthand in the playoffs, but how, like, is there any other stadiums you can compare to that? Because that's crazy to me that fans got kicked out pregame for chirping you. Yeah. It was, it was pretty nuts. I mean, I haven't played at all the stadiums, but I'd probably say it's probably at the top from what I've heard from other people too. There's, it's just, just a crazy place, but it's fun. It was fun to play there. I had fun. Did you listen to it? I believe when fans were chanting like Uber or what were they chanting at you in the in the division series? Yeah, they're chanting Uber. Whoa, I mean, what a terrible chirp. Like I what? I actually didn't hear it. I didn't hear it during the game, but I heard it after the game. Okay. Like I said before, I can kind of block out all that stuff. How but nervous I, mean, I figured it was gonna happen. I figured it would happen sooner or later anyway. How nervous were you pregame? Not at all. Really? I don't really I don't really get nervous pitching. I don't know why. It's weird. So, I mean, what? Well, that's just how you put your balls on the table. You don't get nervous at all, at all pitching. And, and the I ALDS. Know, yeah. I don't know. It's just how I am. I've always been that way, kind of. Just real mellow. Yeah. No, it's like, especially when you pitch against that kind of lineup and you get to see, like, you luckily, like you said, you're kind of mellow and you don't didn't really, like, let the moment get too big. But could you see how, could like, when you got out of the game and you watched the highlights and you've seen how many people were you that were there were like, were you like, what the hell did I just do? Like, I just pitched that Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's it was crazy just to think about it. I mean, it didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to, but it was yeah. fun. No, I mean that was your first. I, that was your first postseason appearance, man. I mean, not many people have success. You look at guy, guys like that came on the show, like Tyler Glass. Now his, his first postseason appearance wasn't that good either, and he's had a lot of success now I after to, that. I used to watch him with the Pirates all the time growing up. He's he's a dog, bro. He's he's really good. He he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna he, he's gonna have a good year this year. What's and let's go into the offseason too. I mean, what's one team in the offseason that you've seen make a lot of acquisitions that you're like, okay, I see you. I thought the White Sox picked up a lot of guys. Yeah. Um they are they're already pretty good last year, so you know, they got some more pitching, got some more hitters. So yeah, they'll be good. And they're all pretty they're all pretty much young, so they'll be pretty good for a while. And we'll play them a lot. So that'll be exciting. Have you have you been uh, a victim of a Tim Anderson bat flip or no? No, I don't think I, I don't think I'm not sure if he has a hits off has a hit off me. Wow, he might have he might have one. I, I can't remember, but I know he's gotten out at least twice. Who's one guy that like? Who's one guy that 
pretty much has the best success against you where every time you pitch, no matter what pitcher throwing outsides, change up, slider, whatever, he's somehow getting a barrel on it. Probably Jose Ramirez. Oh my God. That yeah. guy's a freak. Yeah, he's, he, he hits anything. He's an, he's a uh, well, actually, it was Alex Gordon last year. He had two home runs off me and like, I, th- I have you know, four in my career and two of them were against him and back-to-back games basically. Um, but he just retired, luckily, so I'm, okay. I'm off the hook now. You think you send him, like, a happy retirement text, like, thank you, man? Like, a maybe? I'll send, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send him something. <laughs> Thanks for leaving. That's incredible. That's incredible. He's He was also a freak, too, man. But who's one guy that steps into the box against you that you think kind of has, the like, the biggest persona in the box, like, the most intimidating guy? Uh, you might, might not be intimidating to you, but just the guy in general that – has that like big balls mentality when he hops into the box? Um, I mean, in the playoff game, when I saw Judge step to the play, I was like, damn, this guy's actually massive. <laughs> I mean, I saw him, I saw him pregame, like, wow, he's a lot bigger than everybody else in that team. He's like six, what, six, seven, 280. He's a freak. He's a freak. Um, he's massive. And yeah, I, I guess you can say him. He had a ball. I think he had a single off me. It was like 115 miles an hour off the bat. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I when when a guy hits a ball that hard against you, do you kind of realize how fast it was coming off the bat, or do you just look back on it and say, "Yeah, one fifteen? Like, do you ever see a, a hit off you and be like, "That's one twenty off the bat"? Sometimes, like, yeah, that ball was smoked, but I, I think <laughs> that one actually I looked. They had they had a thing in center field. I looked. I turned around, looked at the ball, and looked and saw it. I'm like, "Oh shit, one fifteen." What's the biggest nuke you've given up? Like, what's what's the what's a moon bomb that still hasn't landed yet that you've given up? Well, the first one I gave out to was the Trey Turner. Um, it was a slider like five inches below the zone. And he hit like 450. <laughs> oh, like, that, was a, that was definitely a ball, but whatever. <laughs> what are you swinging at, bro? I would have said, what are you yeah. swinging at? Like, I would have been like, what are you doing, dude? Are you a fan of the, home, yeah. are you a fan of the pimping the, of the home runs? Yeah, I don't mind it. You don't mind it? You're one of those guys? If it's like a no doubter, like, go ahead and do whatever. I respect that. You're just a guy's guy. I said, I'll say it time and time again. Like, that's just electric shit. In, in the National League, having hitters now, obviously, you're not on the National and pitchers now. Are you like a fan of pitchers hitting? Or are you kind of like, what are we doing here with like, the, why don't we have a DH in the National League? Uh, well, I haven't got a hit yet in the big leagues, but I used to love hitting back in the day. So I was always a fan of, I think if you search my name and search hashtag band the DH, I probably tweeted that a bunch. Back in college and stuff. <laughs> you're, I, yeah. So you, you, you're like an old school guy. You like walking around the base pass in that massive pitching jacket. You're one of those guys. I never wore one of those, so I can't, I can't answer that. No, and and when you're playing in Minnesota, a couple more things by the way. And when you're playing in Minnesota, like, do you kind of what's the coolest you've ever played in it at at, at uh, Target Field? You played there deep into the year where it's like borderline freezing, correct? Yeah, I guess late late September it gets pretty chilly. Um, I've never been there in early April. I think when I made my debut was August already, so it was really nice weather. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember how cold it was there, but we we had plenty of games in college where it's snowing. So. What a stadium, by the way! Like Target Field. Oh, Target that, that, sick. That's all my bucket list. I've never been there. Obviously, it's pretty far from Toronto. Like uh. What Toronto around where I'm from so it's I mean that's like on the bucket list for sure what a field and I get to watch like literally the legend in Toronto Josh Donaldson what what's the most impressive thing you've seen Josh Donaldson do on the baseball field behind you while you're watching anything like that any home runs or plays that you were like this guy's a freak um I mean 
I don't, I mean, and just watching him hit the ball is pretty fun to watch. Even if it's BP or if it's in a game, he can just spray the ball anywhere he wants. So then his defensive third base is pretty awesome. There's, I think there was a play last year. Some guy had like a soft fly ball to like literally left, left field. And he like ran all the way down and caught it like this right behind his back or something like that. Yeah. That was pretty nice. Just being a pitcher. <laughs> Were you a big Pirates fan growing up? Like, are, like, is there, is yeah. there, do they still, do they still have a kind of little part in your heart, the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah. I mean, I grew up basically living at PNC Park my whole life. So, okay. So you, so, you, so you're like a Penguins guy also, Penguins, Pirates, Steelers, all those guys? I don't watch much hockey, but I mean, I'll support them. I like, that's basically, you know, Steelers and, and the Pirates, but so I watch you- the play. I'll, I'll support the Penguins. I've never been to, I've been to one hockey game. It was in Minnesota last year, actually. They that's a big hockey state, man. Their hockey yeah. there is crazy. Are are you a big fan of the Big Ben side coming back to the Steelers or what? You, you a big Big Ben guy? Yeah, I th- yeah. For me, maybe one or two more years, but we're gonna find a quarterback soon. He's getting old. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, this guy in the pocket. We need to find a running back, actually, but that's yeah. a different story. That guy in the pocket is getting like it's borderline scary. If he if he gets hit, he's screwed. But if you, the the Steelers are always this, like they're just always good for some reason. It's crazy to me. But yeah, uh, their defense is really good this year, but if they can find a running back, because Ben was passing the ball 60 times a game because yeah, he just kind of sucks in the backfield. So <laughs> not great. Not great. No. But no, you mentioned before the interview that you're a big uh war zone guy. How, where would you rank your war zone? Like, are you on a scale of one to ten? How nasty are you at war zone? I'll have my days when I'm a nine. But I'd say on average, probably like a seven and a half. Okay. So I mean, yeah, I'll I think, recruit. I think my Katie my Katie's about a one six. Okay, I'll recruit you for the squad. I'll recruit you for the squad. Yeah, so you're in spring training right now. What is there to do? Like, are you guys in strict protocols and all that stuff? You can't really leave the house or you can't leave the premises? Um, No, we can kind of go out and do things. But one thing we're not allowed to do is, like, obviously bars and stuff like that. Um, we recently were, were recently were allowed to go outdoor dining, which is nice. And my wife was just here. She left today. So we can go out, you know, eat outdoors. Um, we're not allowed to go. We're not allowed to eat indoors. Um. Obviously, wear a mask everywhere. Nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy, but it's kind of like general protocols. Yeah, no, I, because I, I, I've seen a couple guys golfing and all that kind of stuff now, which is cool. Because I know last year when you guys were in season and all that stuff, there was very, very strict protocols. Like I don't think you guys could even do that much. Yeah, during the season it was kind of crazy. Basically, yeah. it's like. Go to the field, go to your apartment. <laughs> and and I saw this at visitor, visitor ballparks, too. Like, was there weight rooms for the visiting team pretty much in the concourse? You guys had a lift, like, where yeah. the stands would go get food and shit? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, most of the, a lot of places had that kind of stuff. And then some places had it like it normally would be. Um, but I remember, I think, like, Wrigley Field, you're working out in the concourse. Uh, PNC Park was on the concourse. <laughs> so it's kind of, it was weird, but it was kind of cool. And the PNC Park one was actually cool because I saw a couple of videos of it. It would actually you'd see the backdrop of like the the gold yeah. thing, of all that's like the the water all that stuff. So PNC yeah, Park is cool. in my opinion PNC Park's the best state like the best field in baseball. Yeah, it's not a bad seat in the house. It's yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and it sucks that they can't like field a pretty good team there. It's because it, that stadium when they're good is insane. You saw it when 13, they were in the 13, 14, and fifteen. It was fun. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And then, they, and, then, and then they trade everybody away. Yeah, you hate to see you hate to see it. Tyler Glass now. Cole Glass now, Charlie Morton, Charlie Marte, Kutch. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Do you uh, have you are you the kind of guy that 
you collect jerseys and stuff like that post game with like legends that you played against, or are you more low key no. with that? No, I, I haven't done that yet. No, I don't no, really know if I'm, I don't think I'm in a position to do that yet. Soon, Just give away jerseys every day. <laughs> Soon, for sure, man. I mean, that jersey wall for you is going to be buzzing. And like I said, I might have to retire your jersey behind me. I might have to get a dog knock jersey and retire it behind me, do a little ceremony like I did for Alex Young. But second last thing I want to bring up here, obviously in spring training, you, you, you had a pretty good appearance, your first appearance. You did pretty well. What's kind of the biggest thing that you kind of changed this offseason going into this year? Like, to, let, let's get the fans going here. Let's get the fans blood pumping. Like, what do what can they expect from Randy Dobnak this year? Hopefully I can strike some more people out this year. Yeah. <laughs> I work on just kind of differentiating my pitches. That's about it. Um, same pitches I've had. I, I didn't add anything new. I just want to get more horizontal break on my slider so I can get more swing and misses and get more strikeouts because the strikeout total needs to come up a little bit. Yeah, let's get the strikeouts going. I mean, the strikeouts are electric, too. You kind of also, I don't think you noticed this, you have a little strut when you do a strikeout. Do you realize that when you're watching video? No. I'll break it down. I might do a, a whole John Boy breakdown of you post-strikeout because <laughs> you have this little strut. Like, you strike a guy out, and I don't know what you do. It's like you kind of tap your thigh and then do this, like, spin. Like, I, I can't describe it. backwards. Yeah, it's an insane strut that you probably don't even realize. It's kind of crazy. I'm, it's bananas to me that you haven't realized it. And this is the last thing here. Um, going into the next year, obviously you're going to have fans. You're going to be, you're going to majority of the stadiums are going to have fans besides the blue Jays. Thanks Canada. But, um, no, what, what's the biggest goal that you have going into this year? What's the, like, is it wins? Is it like you said, strikeouts, obviously, but what else? Like what, what's the biggest thing that you want to meet going into the 2021 season? Um, obviously it's like you said, strikeouts. I'm bringing the strikeout total up to stay healthy. Um, and give myself a chance to come back next year, basically. Yeah. Throw, well, throw well enough and hopefully help the team win and I give myself a chance to come out next year and try to get a spot. When are you going next in spring? When, when's the next appearance? Saturday. Saturday? Wow, they give you a little uh, break. Yeah, it's it's crazy because the games are like seven innings here and there, five innings here and there. So I was supposed to go Friday, 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 Wednesday, and now it's Friday, Saturday. So. Okay. Who's one guy that's impressed you so far this spring on the Minnesota Twins? Um, I haven't really got to watch anybody pitch really because we're not allowed to go to the games unless we're playing. Are you serious? You can't you can't even show yeah. up in the stands? Wow, that's insane. No, I'm definitely, not, definitely not in the stands. Oh yeah, that, oh that's crazy. Yeah, what a dumb thing for me to say. That's just the JUCO brain topping in. Oh, I forgot to bring up one thing. It's the last thing. Last thing. What's one town you visited in the minor leagues that you were like, this is bananas? Like, I can't believe I'm here right now. Because we always like get towns bad wise, yeah, like bad wise. Like I'll name um, you a couple that get roasted on here. Maybe you could back me up. Clinton, Iowa. That place sucked. Yes. Beloit, Wisconsin. That's the place I was thinking about. That place is miserable. <laughs> That's insane, man. That like every if you listen to this show and the listeners of this show, every single episode that town gets brought up. It's insane yeah. to me. When you were there, were you like, because obviously you've been in the trenches, were you like, this isn't that bad? Or were you just like, this is like hell for me? I mean, we had a clubhouse, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but my first year I was there, we actually had like an eight-hour rain delay because we had to play that game because if they had beat us, they were going to be in the playoffs. So we, we waited literally like eight hours, and then we ended up playing the game. We lost to them. They were in the playoffs. We had to come back like the next day and play him again at that place. And I think we ended up beating him again, but that, yeah, that place is just not it. Not a great place. Not a great place. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, they, man. They did have free dipping dots, though. 
Wow. So that they, they gave you like a little big league lifestyle. You got free dipping dogs yeah. in the clubhouse. I respect that. I, I respect that. freaking out, but we all just ate them. That's, that's the minors, man. That's the minors. But anyways, man, uh, the Johnny Junta of Major League Baseball, a legend on the, a legend on the field, just the, the most electric mustache, everything going for you, one number away from 69, just the people's guy. It was my pleasure to have you on this, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this year. Hopefully you don't do that well against the Blue Jays, but I'll fuck the Blue. I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for you against the Blue Jays. Screw it, because I'm a Randy Dobnak guy now. But thank you for hopping on this. And can you say this is the most electric baseball podcast on the planet? Get the people going. This is the most electric baseball podcast on the planet. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Fish on a Fish Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.